0: America is the land of opportunity. Our founders believe that every individual has the God-given right to pursue their greatest potential, the freedom to flourish and govern themselves as individuals, families, communities, and a nation. And our founders worked tirelessly to develop a system of government that would protect that liberty. This belief has made the United States the freest and most prosperous nation in history and a shining city on a hill an example to the rest of the world. On American Lives, we'll talk with individuals who have pursued their American dreams and made the most out of the opportunities guaranteed to them at our founding. These incredible men and women share the stories of their success, their love for our nation and its history, and why they consider the work of the Ashbrook Center so essential in educating future generations about the history and principles of America. I wanna welcome everybody to this episode of American Lives. On American Lives, we have conversations with business, public and philanthropic leaders about their work, their lives and their passion for restoring civic education in America. Hannah, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Um, You are, of course, President and CEO of Daniel's Fund. Mm -hmm. Um, Prior to that time, you've held a number of public positions. Mm -hmm. um, Deputy Education Commissioner in Florida and, of course, Secretary of Education for the State of New Mexico. Um, You became CEO of Daniel's Fund in December of 2020, I think, is that right? You got it. Um, Tell us about the history of Daniels. It has an important history and important mission. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so the Daniels Fund is completely grounded in who Bill Daniels was. Hmm. His vision, his values, his huge heart, his entrepreneurial spirit, Um, and I think something very unique about the Daniels Fund and the foundation space today is that we have held true to his bylaws and what was most important to him. Uh-huh. And and there's a discipline in that, because there's lots of things that you could invest in, but Bill Daniels had a real vision for what to invest in, and um, we've, to the best of our ability,
0: stayed that course. Bill was a remarkable man. Hold on, stop, real quick. Sorry, I just need to use the The mic here that way it's the clip. He okay. Yep. All right, let's start. Right. 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 Yep, yep, okay. Bill was a remarkable man. Tell us a little bit more yeah. about him. Yeah.
1: So um, he's known for having just a huge heart, for being an incredible entrepreneur. His his footprint um, was really in the cable industry. He was considered the pioneer or the father of the cable industry. Um, there are stories about him actually being here in Denver, Colorado, um, in a bar, watching TV on this small screen and going why can't we get that everywhere uh-huh. and that uh, as many will say that was the birth of the of, of the cable industry and that was Bill Daniels with with a man of vision a man that uh, was not afraid to take risks and so from there uh, he launched this business and and out of that came the Daniels fund at a later date
0: hmm. amazing a real American story
1: Truly, I mean, and and what's um, phenomenal, whenever someone is successful, you you only remember the success, I think. Right, right. But I think if Bill Daniels were sitting here today, he would say, you know what? Um, My life had a lot of ups and downs. And um, at the end, I was able to take some of those ups and give them um, and and invest in communities that I deeply care about. But he certainly um, was transparent about... The hard work, the grit, the perseverance, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, try again, um, and not—he wasn't afraid of failure.
0: Right. So Daniel's Fund has a sort of geographic connection to New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, and Wyoming. Correct. What about the mission of the Daniel's Fund in those states? Yeah. What are some priorities? For? Yeah.
1: So first, I would just say those four states were so important to Bill Daniels because he either lived there, had a business, owned a sports team, they were very personal for him. And our mission, we really are focused on those areas that um, Bill Daniels spelled out and said, these are the things that I really want to invest, and those were personal. Whether it was aging, because he was um, deeply committed to his mom, aging with dignity. Um, whether it was education because he believed that was the the um, opportunity for upward mobility the best opportunity mm-hmm. youth sports he was a golden gloves boxer champion oh. times two uh-huh. um, and uh, addiction he was he um, was an alcoholic and mm-hmm. overcame his alcoholism and was very transparent about that journey and wanted to give others an opportunity um, youth development just writ large what are those things like civic education um, that matter for kids to be successful, and then entrepreneurialism in the free market. Um, so all things that mattered deeply to Bill Daniels. Disabilities, his sister um, um, had a disability. Uh-huh. So all our eight funding areas were deeply rooted in personal conviction and experience that Bill Daniels had.
0: The the fund then itself has now been around for about 20 years? Just
1: over 20 years, and in fact, um, just a a little over a year ago, we celebrated giving away a billion dollars. Wow. I mean, just an incredible opportunity. Um, And we give about 200 college scholarships every year, so we have thousands of young people um, across the country Mm -hmm. um, that have received a Daniels Fund scholarship as well.
0: Tell us about... Um, the funds particular interest in education and civic education where does that come from?
1: You know Bill Daniels loved our country and he fought in two wars Um, he was a a decorated hero and just believed that there was nothing quite like the United States of America Mm -hmm. and had a deep conviction that young people should know and understand the incredible um, opportunity to be and live in the United States, that people fought and died for the liberty and freedom we have. And um, civic education in particular, um, he, he knew that if uh, young people understood um, where we come from, how our government was formed, that they would be better equipped to participate. And, and one of the really important piece to Bill Daniels in our scholarship program is that young people were committed to giving back. Giving back in their community, in their state, and in their country.
0: So this 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 focus on education really of, of Daniel's fund nicely connects to your background, your it biography. Does. It does. Um, tell us a little bit about how you became so personally interested mm-hmm. and professionally committed to education.
1: Yeah. For me, um, education also was an incredible um, opportunity. I was actually, um, early on in in elementary, I was in a small parochial school. You'll see an interesting kind of trend. Then I was home educated through high school, um, then went on and started a nonprofit where I was in um, schools and a peer education program for a long time. And at some point in there, just said, education is a space where we shape our next generation Mm -hmm. and had a deep um, conviction that... um, I wanted to be a part of, um, if I could be, uh, and contribute to um, thinking about our next generation and how they, the next generation is the next generation of leaders, the, the next generation of game changers, and how are we equipping and preparing them um, to be be that in our in our country, in our communities today, and and I think on, at the most basic level. Um, how do we know that we know that we are giving young people and children an opportunity for upward mobility and to I mean Bill Daniels his his life is the the truly American story right the great American story and are we still creating that opportunity for young people today I firmly believe that education is is a pathway to
0: that. So in your career in education has there been a moment Mm -hmm. where that has really struck you as Mm -hmm. I see how important mm-hmm. this really is.
1: Yeah, um, I would say moment after moment. I'll, um, i you know, just think of a couple stories. I remember I was in um, New Mexico and we, I, with the governor, we had an initiative where we gave a book to every first grader. And that may sound just kind of like, oh, that's a nice idea. But what I would tell you is it's more than a nice idea. There were thousands of young youngsters across New Mexico who had never owned their own book and I remember visiting a classroom with a little boy and the governor and I were there and we said why is it important to be able to read and um, he said and his name was Jose he says because if I can read I can get a job and uh, the governor actually said well and what does that mean he goes and then I can move out of the hotel that I live in with my grandpa and then I can get a house someday and while that sounds so um, so simple that is—that's the American story being told by a little guy who'd never owned a book before and understood, at six years old, the power of having an education and being able to read. And I, I just will tell you uh, later—I went back to find this little guy um, and couldn't find him. He—he um, he was homeless, in essence. And uh, I just—I'll never forget that moment of—he's a little six-year-old and he understands. Um, the, the value of being here in school, the value of having his very own book and what it could lead to someday.
0: Mm-hmm. Your time as Secretary of Education for New Mexico, you obviously saw challenges like that, kids mm-hmm. coming from a background that made it, that put a lot of uh, obstacles in their way yep. for achieving that education and that upward mobility that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Um, what, do you, what are some of the initiatives in, your, in that time in New Mexico that you're most proud of. You think yeah. that really helped move the needle.
1: Yeah, two or three things come to mind um, and, and they bridge right into some of the things we work on here at the Daniels Fund today. One is just a laser focus on reading. We know that if, if a young person can read by the end of third grade, they are, I should say, if they cannot, they're four times more likely to, to uh, drop out of school. So reading is such a gateway to learning in so many different ways. So a laser focus on reading. Um, and I, I should say just a basic presupposition in all that we did in New Mexico that every child can learn. Hmm. and um, it is unbelievable and uh, you just you have to kind of check and balance yourself every now and then and ask do I really believe that because if I do that then we're not gonna make it, make exceptions or excuses or say why so-and-so can and so-and-so can't we're going to find a way to give every family and every child agency the ability to actually make choices that moves the needle for them in self, as a self-governing opportunity and ultimately as, a, as an opportunity to grow into a great contributing citizen. Um, so um, the reading, the belief, just the belief that every child truly can learn. And then I, um, another uh, thing that we spent a lot of time on that we also have a great focus here at the Daniels Fund is choice. Giving parents and families and children an opportunity to choose the best school for them and so what that looked like in New Mexico was a, a real commitment to charter schools which are public schools that families can um, choose to attend uh, because it's in the best interest of of their family and uh, of their child and here at the Daniels Fund we have an initiative and a bold goal that we would have a hundred thousand new choice seats by 2030 in our four states just want to say that again. That's 100,000 wow. new choice seats. And what that means in, in a state like Colorado is 20% of um, education, uh, uh, seats in the entire state are choice seats. Oh, that, that, um, that, that would be that so powerful. That is very ambitious. It's very ambitious. It will require lots of partnerships and, and which we're forming. Mm-hmm. We're super excited, but that's charter, that's private, that's pods, that's you name it. It's uh, you know homeschooling co-ops. How do we create options for, for parents to choose what's in the best interest of their children and their family?
0: So maybe I was thinking of this question. Maybe you've uh, answered this question already, but um, lots of folks like yourself have taken on the task, whether you as Secretary of Education or here at Daniels, of reforming American education. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a, there's been a movement of several decades now to do that. Yep. Uh, you're m- well, m- probably better acquainted than many folks with the challenges, the difficulties, the yeah. obstacles to doing that. If you had a magic wand mm-hmm. and could just wave it yep. and reform one thing mm-hmm. about American education, What would that be?
1: It would truly be that, and people use these terms loosely, they say the money should follow the child. Let me translate that. What that really means, if we did that right and well, is that the the dollars that are dedicated to education are given to families. So they truly get to choose whether that's public, private, hybrid, homeschool, pod, you name all the different unique entrepreneurial endeavors that are emerging, um, that where the student is the center, of the decision-making about um, an education journey versus a system and unfortunately too many times our system becomes the decision-maker which gets disconnected from what's in the best interest of kids and I don't think anyone would say at face value I want the system to make the choice but we we have we get you know we get the system is getting exactly what it's it's designed and uh, to create and it's not actually um, putting parents and kids at the center of the educational journey. And so I, that's, I, if I could wage a wave a magic wand in the most um, technical terms, I would have the money follow the child. Mm-hmm. In the most simple terms, I would let parents and students choose their educational journey and path um, and, and what's the best approach for them in, in, in getting an education. And secondly, I would write adjacent to that, um, I would uh, make sure that we truly um, embraced the, the paradigm that every child can learn mm. and um, not embrace, and, and uh, President Bush once said this, you know, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Right. And uh, so those two pieces together, and so when it comes to civic education and the importance of civic education, that um, that, that can become a part of every child's journey mm. Uh, in a meaningful way. And, and right now, um, in our traditional systems, it's um, sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't.
0: Well, in fact, often it's not, as you know. Um, it's it's a shocking to those who have studied this seriously how little time right. is spent, um, K through 12 even, right. on American history, on American government, on American civics. And I often f- will tell folks, math is important, science is mm-hmm. important, STEM is important. But you're not always going to be, a, most people will not be mathematicians for their whole life. Right. But they will be citizens That's right. their whole life. You've had a chance to, to think about this issue of civic education at, in some depth and at yep. some length. What are some concrete steps do you think we can take to move the needle and make some progress yeah. in civic education?
1: Yeah. And I don't need to tell you this, Jeff, but I just think for the purposes of the conversation, just to, uh, to ground ourselves, we know this one in four students today is proficient on grade level in civics. You know, only 15 yeah, percent. Right? It's shocking. Uh, and I, I, that just rolled off the tongue like it was like, hey, let me just like throw something out there. I mean, we should just let that sit for a minute. If de Tocqueville said that our, our democracy is dependent on engaged citizens and our and our civic institutions, um, we are at risk right now. Um, 15% of our kids are proficient in history. So you put those two things together and um, I would call it a crisis and so here at the Daniels Fund one of the things we've uh, uh, focused on that we're super excited about and it sounds kind of mom and apple pie and it is and it also to me is um, a commitment to this generation and I hope many to come uh, and civic education and uh, we've we have partnered to create a civics bee. Just like a spelling bee, oh, interesting! But a civics bee, okay. and, uh, and 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 uh, we're wholly dependent on folks like Ashbrook and others for great content, so so kids have opportunities to study and be prepared. You don't go to a civics bee or a spelling bee and not study, right? At least you might, but it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> and so this is for middle schoolers.
0: Okay,
1: it's an opportunity. Uh, and we, we piloted and launched last year in five cities across the country, Baltimore, Maryland, in Kentucky, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Brownsville, Texas, Iowa, and so all over the country. And it was a phenomenal expression of young people. And be, guess what? The, the common theme that young people said after we, we interviewed them after the CITICSB for Kids Who Won, I love this because I got to study, and this is something I've never learned in my school. Now, we should be scared about that. And in the same breath, um, this is providing an opportunity for young people to have agency to say, I want to know that. I want to be a part of that. And I want to learn and and be able to, to talk about and understand and know. The, the roots and the, the history and the and the founding and how uh, everything from a bill becomes a law to how many branches of government to how the Supreme Court is appointed or elected it's it's appointed, right? Uh, you know all those right, things, right, right? right? And so um, it's been a phenomenal opportunity. Our dream and our vision is that by 2030, a million middle schoolers across our country will have had an opportunity to participate in the civics bee. So you asked, what are ways? Well, that, that's one way. One yeah. way is to say let's let's give young people an opportunity to have agency. Learn, study, and then actually um, uh, get to share their knowledge in a in a community um, setting. Another is exactly what you guys do, which is we we need our teachers um, to have the content, the founding of our country, the grounding, the basic institutional documents that tell us how were we made uh, as a country, what are the levers that were so important. Um, you know, I, I think of Benjamin Franklin as, uh, as he was walking out—that that, that the famous story where a woman yells out to Benjamin Franklin after the it was the Constitutional Convention, "Hey, what kind of what kind of government did you create?" And he says, "A democracy, if we can keep it, right?" And so, you know, this stewardship piece, Ashbrook is stewarding. These, the, the founding documents in a way that gives teachers an opportunity. And so, as you know, we invest right. in Ashbrook and, and institutions like Ashbrook because when our teachers have that, they have the opportunity, that content, they've got opt- and they know how to teach it, they have the opportunity to share that with our, our young people. Right. So, I think that's pivotal when it comes to um, our young people owning and learning. Um, basic information about how yeah. to become uh, become an engaged citizen. So it's
0: really so Daniel's fund is understanding that it's really reaching students directly through things mm-hmm. like the Civics Beat which is mm-hmm. a really interesting and exciting initiative and then reaching those young people through the through those who teach those young. That's people right. And get that multiplier That's right. effect.
1: right. Yep. And and the beauty of of uh, both those strategies is they have what I'll call a grassroots and a grass top strategy. So grassroots is Community by community, folks choose to host a civics bee. It's locally owned. It's it's and mm-hmm. but the content, um, much of what Ashbrook brings to bear, etc., um, is you know is is not developed at the local level. you know it's it's uh, um, it's throughout our country. And right. so we need both the content that is consistent and the local grassroots strategy that provides for communities to own this and create an environment. Um, for young people to truly um, learn about their country.
0: So you've now, I mean, these are really interesting, exciting initiatives um, that you, obviously you're helping to spearhead here at Daniels. Mm -hmm. You've had a couple of years now, a little over two years as CEO. Yes. Um, What are you learning coming Mm -hmm. into this philanthropic space about the challenges Mm -hmm. that are facing the philanthropic community and especially foundations?
1: Yeah. I think for me, I, you know, I said earlier, Bill Daniels was an entrepreneur and a challenge for an institution, so if you think about it, foundations, there's, there's many different derivatives of foundation, but there are those that are called spend-down foundations. They have a date that they're going to end, and so they spend all their dollars. We're not a spend-down. We steward what Bill Daniels uh, uh, set aside to invest, and so how do you steward that in perpetuity? and and part of that is a consistent uh commitment to his values that he um shared and his vision um so and i think there's so many foundations today that um in my opinion if their their original founder knew what they were investing that he or she might actually roll over in their grave and be like um, I, I think of the free market right i mean bill daniels called that the, the um uh, eighth wonder of the world, like you know, just it's incredible that that here in, in the United States that we have this thing called the free market system. We can be entrepreneurs. It can all those things. And and anyone who runs a foundation um, has to acknowledge that at some point those dollars that they're stewarding came from a, a free market endeavor right, right, <laughs> right, was, that allowed for was yes, the wealth was created through the free market system and and yet in some cases today we have foundations um, shunning the free market system, right, and so I think one of the things I've seen is how do you steward the vision and mission of the the um, original founder, mm-hmm. what did they believe in, what were they after and why and what i often think is true is they were they were interested in timeless timeless investments hmm. that could be that could be generation changing and and that had a legacy that lasted beyond a moment in time and so i think foundations the challenges are often can you keep can you keep your eye on that mm-hmm. and think about generations not just a moment in time or a quick quick fix and then also can you can you recognize that actually more than maybe any entity you have the opportunity to be agile, entrepreneurial, um, problem solver, and and my view, and, and this is so who Bill Daniels was. He, he had a huge heart, and he wanted to be able to be a part of solutions, and and um, cutting edge solutions, and too many too often I think um, foundations today kind of become um, they can become stale. Mm-hmm. They can lose right. sight of right. that incredible we're not the government we don't have a we shouldn't have a huge bureaucracy right right? Right. we could actually be responsive Mm -hmm. and interestingly enough in a time this is my personal conviction when uh, there are so many uh, there's a lot of tension in our country right now a lot of tension in government and party politics and all those things foundations have an opportunity to sit outside of that and actually Mm -hmm. be on the ground in communities be, um, being agile, entrepreneurial, and being solutions-oriented, partnering with others to to spearhead new ideas and and solutions that communities desperately need. And like I said, they're not bound by red tape. Right. On the whole, <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not bound by huge government bureaucracies. On the whole, and we ought to be owning that um, opportunity and that responsibility.
0: What's been maybe one of or your most rewarding moment mm. now as CEO and president of the Daniels
1: Yeah, I can't give you one.
0: Okay, fair <laughs> um, enough. <laughs> give us one of them.
1: Yeah, so uh, two things, you know, kind of bling-bling in my mind. Um, I mentioned when we first started our conversation um, that I had the privilege of celebrating giving away a billion dollars that the fund has uh, done over the last 20 years. And the night we celebrated, we shared the stories of whether it was little June, who was two years old, who got an ear implant so she could hear for the first Mm. time. And we had pictures of the look on her and her mother's face. It would make you cry. It didn't, it made me cry. Um, You know, whether it's someone who, for the first time ever, is getting. The opportunity to read because they get to go to a school that's able to give them the resources they need um, and the focus and the accountability to actually rise. Okay. Um, so that night was such a, uh, it wasn't about the amount of money. It was about the lives changed mm-hmm. and there is so much joy and it's humbling. It's humbling that Bill Daniels had such a vision to think generationally and and think, and what was I? Should I got to say this? One thing that was so unique about Bill Daniels is he genuinely believed in one life at a time.
0: Mm.
1: And I'll admit this: I have this, I have this propensity to think at scale. Like, can we scale that? And Bill Daniels had massive scalable impact. But you know what? He looked at the opportunity, whatever it was, one life at a time. He was so personal, and I think that's really a rare trait. And that night that we celebrated giving away a billion dollars. It was so personal. It was one life, but thousands upon thousands of lives. So that night was an incredible. I said there were two. We have a celebration of our scholars. And we give scholar about 200 scholarships away every year. And we celebrate and these them. these are high school kids? Going high school to college. To college. Okay. And we have something called the Celebration of Impact. And we celebrate these young people. Hmm. And you know what, um, you leave that night going, Uh, we have an incredible generation coming and so for me that the the next generation and the vision that Bill had of giving them that chance for upward mobility to then give back in their communities and then this giving to thousands and thousands of individuals um, for life-changing opportunities those two things I'll never forget him, and I hope we get to continue to to invest in that way that we Bill Daniels believe one life at a time, all heart, mm. um, but strategic, but all heart. Uh, that I I, I considered it an honor to steward that, and I'm humbled that I get to to be a part of this um, fund.
0: Wonderful. What's ahead mm. for Daniels Fund?
1: So. Um, so many things, right? <laughs> um, but I'm super excited about something we, we call big bets. And our civics bee and our investment in civics is a big bet for us. A big bet is something where we say we have a bold goal. We can't accomplish it by ourselves. We believe it, it can be game-changing in whatever sphere it is, it's in. And so for us, big bets are the civics bee and and investing in civic content and and teachers etc for us financial literacy entrepreneurialism in the free market we have a young americans bank just across the street from where we're sitting here today it's the only bank in the country approved by the fdic legit real bank for kids where they can actually learn how does our incredible financial system work how does the free market work Um, and so we have a big bet that a million young people by 2030 you'll hear a theme about 2030 where you know on the horizon will actually and some of them will choose to be entrepreneurs Um, so I'm very excited about these big bets and the opportunity to invest in a way that has a long-term legacy but it's one life at a time and so if I had to say what's on the horizon it's can we can we continue to carry Bill Daniels heart and um, uh, partner
0: yeah, uh,
1: for real change across we're a, a regional foundation but I truly believe if you do something well I know you believe this Ashbrook that the ripple effect is it can change a nation
0: that's right Absolutely. and that's
1: what we are committed to to investing in our four-state region and that the ripple effect would someday have um, implications uh, for our entire country and that's the kinda that is the visionary that Bill Daniels was and I consider it our honor, our privilege, and our responsibility to steward his vision.
0: Well, we're so grateful that Ashbrook is a part well, of the Daniels Fund family and that you see us as an important part in your strategy of one life you. at a time helping to improve this country.
1: Thank you. Well, we're, we are honored to, to support you in your mission because we believe in it. And uh, I, I fundamentally believe, I mentioned Tocqueville before, these, these institutions – that um, if they stay alive and they continue to invest uh, in our communities in a way that's meaningful, they are the, the life. They keep the, the heart beating in our country. And that is what Ashbrook is about. That's what we're about here. And uh, there's so many others. And so I think the, the opportunity is to continue to take one step forward and those steps become a journey that
0: changes a community, a state, a country. Well, we're honored to be on that journey with you. Hannah Scandera, thank you you very much for joining us. Thank you. American Lives is a production of the Ashbrook Center. Ashbrook strengthens constitutional self-government by educating our fellow Americans, students, teachers, and citizens in our country's history and founding principles and the habits of reflection and choice necessary to perpetuate our republic. If you want to learn more or get involved in this vital work, visit our website, ashbrook.org. And if you enjoyed this episode of American Lives, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, please consider subscribing to The American Idea, the Ashbrook Center's podcast on the documents, debates, people, and events that have defined and continue to define our country.